Hey, thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous Podcast. Hey, today we're wrapping up season three of this podcast, and seriously, we can't believe that 2018 is almost over. This year has totally flown by, um, but hopefully you've enjoyed this season and have been encouraged in your faith as you've listened to these different episodes we've been posting um, during this last season. Uh, and just so you know, uh, we'll be taking a break um, from posting till the first week of January, so we're taking a little, a little bit of a Christmas break, uh, but there's tons of episodes in the feed if you're looking for more episodes to listen to uh, while we're not posting. And that actually brings us to today's episode. We thought that a fun way to wrap up this season and year would be to post an episode that we previously recorded um, a while back called The Mission Statement of a Christ Follower. And we chose this one specifically because the new year poses all kinds of questions about our mission and goals for the upcoming year. I'm sure you have New Year's resolutions you're thinking about, goals you want to set, things you want to achieve. And uh, our hope is that 2019 would be a year where you fall in love deeper with Jesus and that you'd make decisions as a Christian to be a faithful follower of Jesus in the new year. And so we're hoping that this episode is just um, refreshing for you and encourages you as you're making those decisions. So let's get into today's episode. All right, the mission statement of a Christ follower. So this this is a big article, Nate. Yeah, man. You know, very long. And, you know, honestly, <laughs> part of the reason that I enjoy doing this podcast because mm-hmm. I knew when I set out to start writing, I knew that I wasn't going to really be your typical bloggy kind of person. You yeah. know, I knew that I was going to want to write things that were longer than the 500 to 1,000 word right. length, which is, you know, as you're kind of scrolling through your Twitter feed and you, you know, maybe see an article that the headline catches your attention, you might click on it, scan the four or five different points, you right. know, that are bulleted there. And then if those catch your in- interest, then you might, you know, actually go back and read it. Well, you know, when you're writing a 3000 word essay, <laughs> uh, and posting that on a blog, you know, it, yeah, it's not an ideal, uh, way to communicate in the blogosphere. Hmm. Uh, but I just knew that that's the way that I was going to be writing at least some of the material that I wanted to put out there. And so, um, for me, this is great to be able to talk about it because, you know, you might not have 20 minutes to sit down and really right. thoughtfully, you know, move through a basically like a book chapter uh, kind of piece yeah, of work. Totally. Uh, but you might be able to, you know, put your headphones on and while you're cutting your lawn or something, doing the dishes, listen to <laughs> a little discussion on this kind of thing. So, thank you for helping me. Uh, to be able to kind of unpack some of these subjects a little bit more and, and hopefully mm-hmm. make them a little more tangible for you if you're listening. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I, I think that's so true, too. It's so nice to be able to have just a conversation about some of these long, longer articles, too. Although it is really a great article, I encourage everybody who's listening to this to go and read it. It's a really substantial, stout good kind of take read. a day off work <laughs> wake up early <laughs> skip your shower and just get into this article give yourself the appropriate time <laughs> two cups of coffee go for it but this article it really is um it's thorough and it's really um a wonderful kind of analysis of what the mission statement for a christian really is and like you said 
let's just kind of jump right into it. You you labeled out really essentially there's there's five main uh, things that you're talking about here: the goal, the motivation, the obstacle, the aid, and the result of this mission statement. And so maybe we can kind of take these one by one. So in the first part of the article, you talk about the goal, mm-hmm. and so you talk about uh, this really cool thing that we read in scripture about our bodies becoming a living sacrifice. Could you speak a little bit more to what that means? Yeah, sure. So the whole, you know, the whole piece is based off of Paul's statement in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, which of course we all understand comes after this incredible explanation, unpacking, teaching about the gospel. Mm -hmm. And after he does that in Romans 1, all the way really through chapter 11, but primarily in uh, chapter 1 through chapter 8. Uh, after he does that, he comes to this place where, you know, hopefully if you're tracking with him as a reader, you're saying to yourself, well, what now? Hmm. You know, because there really isn't a ton in Romans 1 through 11 that the reader is left to say, I need to now do that. Now, there are certain things that are to be believed or to reckon or to consider ourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God. Mm. There are certain truths that we are to appropriate and um, embrace within our minds and hearts that will lead to outward you know, transformation. Yeah. But there, it's very light on exhortation towards the Christian in those first 11 chapters. So the question is, okay, well... Is there anything that I can do? And that really is what the end of the book of Romans mm-hmm. is about. I mean, aside from the very end of the book has some greetings and salutations. Uh, but this part of the end of Romans is where Paul gets very applicational. If you have received that incredible gospel message he's saying, then here's what you want to do. Here's how you want to live your life. So that's where he says, you know, with all of that as the backdrop, he says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, and I'll just read it for everybody. Okay, that's good. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So... That's the statement. And so w- when I'm saying the mission statement of a Christ follower, yeah. um, what I'm meaning here is that here's Paul saying, you know, basically we want our bodies to be useful to God. We want to present mm-hmm. our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. Uh, so the goal, you know, if we could bottom line it, and I, yeah. I taught this to our church and when we went through the book of Romans, it's just really simple. It's my body for God's glory, my that. body yeah. for God's glory. And I, I think that's just a great um, mission to grab a hold of as a Christian, mm. you know, because obviously my body for God's glory, as you, as you go through the rest of Romans, you know, there's things like love and compassion and uh, teaching and prophecy. So it's not just that he's saying like my physical body for God's glory. He's also talking about the realm of the soul and the mind and, you know, what we're thinking and meditating on. And then, of course, you know, what we're actually doing and where we're going and what we're saying and who we're touching and, you know, different things like that. that. So it's all, you know, the mission of my body for God's glory. 
Does that kind of answer your question? It does. Yeah. And I like that you bottom lined it like that too, because one of my favorite parts of that first component of the article is that you wrote, it's of little practical use to know the gospel message theoretically if the body is not surrendered to God. So yeah, to offer your body to God is um, a huge part of it. It's not just all head knowledge. It really is offering yourself to God. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's like, I think you and me, we, we, you and I would think about this and say, Hey, you know, if you, if, if somebody has received the Lord, mm-hmm. if the gospel has gotten into their lives, wouldn't you expect for there to be mm-hmm. some outworking of that in the way that they, you know, live their lives? Yeah. And, you know, for Paul, it wasn't just a, like, um, abstinence from all the bad things. I mean, that's, you know, part of it. Right. But it was, as you read Romans 12 to 15, it's engaging in the good things, you know, and mm. really like it's a forward motion kind of thing. And yeah, I think, I, you know, knowing you, it's like, I know we both want that gospel message to so just penetrate itself into our Absolutely. hearts that yeah. there is a change that's taking place but it really is interesting that he's saying, but you, you want to present yourself for that. You know, that, that's mm. the goal. You want your body to be used for God's glory, but there's a process in getting to that place. Yeah. And you used a cool picture in that part of the article, too, about like a mansion with a ton of different rooms and how you have a key ring with a ton of different keys and they all open different doors. But in this kind of you know, and the stuff that we're talking about, it's almost like if we were a mansion, we're giving God all the keys, having access to all of who we are. I think it's a beautiful picture. Yeah, totally. The empty check. Yeah, exactly. I love that. So in talking about that, you know, presenting our bodies before God and even using those words, a living sacrifice can sound maybe a little bit uncomfortable. And I think it should sound a little bit uncomfortable. Honestly, this kind of life isn't super easy, but it's good. But you talk about how there's a motivation to this. Um, could you speak to that? What is that motivation, and how do we cultivate that into our lives? Yeah, well, I mean, why are we motivated to lay down our bodies yeah. for God? Why, are, yeah. why do we want, why, why are we motivated my body for God's glory? Well, I mean, the bottom line of it is it's the cross of Christ. It's yeah. the whole gospel. It's, it's everything we've already been talking about. The way that Paul says it is, uh, by I, I appeal to you or I, I'm entreating you, I'm imploring you, I'm begging you yeah. by the mercies of God. You know, So mm-hmm. he's referring back to the mercies of God. He says the word therefore as if to say, you know, so therefore all these incredible things about the gospel, we're going back to all of that, you know, launching from that place, thinking about all of that that I've just written, thinking about the mercies of God, uh, this is your a motivation, yeah. you know, to actually live this way. So the appeal is all based on what God has done for us, which is yeah, that's good. radically different than a law-based, you know, kind of thing where the mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the appeal is more fear-based and consequence-based, and uh, you know, I'm afraid of what will happen if I don't execute the law. Instead of a, a totally different motivation of look at it, all that God has done for me, all that Christ has fulfilled for me, 
And so I want to live in response to that mm. incredible thing that he has done for me. So yeah. it seems like in Paul's mind, this mission statement of my body for God's glory, it is based, it is rooted in, you know, the the reality of the gospel itself. It's like everything that God's like already done for us through Jesus. Yeah, totally. <coughs> and I, you know, I think, <clears throat> I think, um, this is this is where a lot of times it breaks down for a person. Yeah. Because I think what can happen is you can maybe see somebody who you admire. You you look up to them in in their Christianity, their walk with Christ. You see the power in their lives, the conviction in their lives, the blessing of God upon their lives, and you long for that. You want yeah. that. And so I think a lot of times a person will say, okay, so if I'm going to get that, Mm -hmm. then I want to do all these things. So what do they do? What do they do? And there's no, as, as that person is, you know, trying to serve or give or evangelize or bless or, you know, uh, care for others or go to church or worship as they do these different things, uh, there is no motivation of the mercies of God. They're they're not motivated to do those things because of the mercies of God. They're motivated for, you know, some other reason. You know, Mm -hmm. they're looking for some kind of blessing. Uh, They feel that it's the right thing to do. That looks like a good and moral life. Yeah. Um, But Paul is saying, like, look, if you're going to execute this thing, my body for God's glory your daily motivation must be the cross of Christ. Mm. You know, so when, you know, it, it, say you have a conviction in your heart, like every day I want to start the Lord, I want to start the day for the Lord. Yeah. Okay, so that's a, mo- that's a, that's a my body for God's glory kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not the only thing that we do with our bodies, but it's part of it, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, the idea is, God, I want, I'm going to pray, I'm going to give you the first fruits, you know, to use an mm-hmm. Old Testament word for uh, of my life i'm going to give you the the very best i'm going to give you the first portion of the day it's going to hurt a little bit yeah you know getting up and all that but that's what i want to do so the alarm clock goes off if the motivation for that action in your life is it's the right thing to do Mm. or the motivation is this is the path to um you know, really excelling as a Christian, right? Or if the motivation is, um, you know, I know that uh, my Christian buddy is going to ask me h- how it went this morning. <laughs> yeah, you know, these are some of there are motivations out there that are like decent or lesser, and mm-hmm. some that are just bad. Yeah. But none of them are as good as the motivation of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So yeah. the alarm clock goes off, and you say. Lord, everything that you did for me, it's just, it's insane. It's astounding. I could never pay Mm. you back. I just need to get in your presence because you are so clearly amazing. And so this is what I want to do. My body for your glory. This body of mine belongs to you. You bought it. So, you know, I think that carries into pretty much everything that we might do (sighs) for the Lord and, and in bringing him glory or attempting to. that's really good it's rather it's based on what has already been done rather than like some kind of 
I don't know, thing that maybe could happen, like some kind of status you're going for, I guess I'm trying to answer you're trying to solve. And it's just so based out of just like a love for God that he's already shown to you. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you are embroiled in some, you know, nasty fight with your wife and I'm not, I'm not talking about (laughs) you looked at me right in the eyes. (laughs) I did look, I did look right at you. (laughs) I cannot imagine you and Chesley having a nasty fight. (laughs) I can imagine you guys disagreeing because you're male and female, but yeah, guys are both so sweet but uh, you know if, if you're in the middle of some kind of conflict you yeah. know with your your bride and it's like okay you know my body for god's glory mm-hmm. you know i i don't want to misrepresent him right now i i can feel this like ungodly anger that's oh, yeah. rising up inside me you know i'm feeling like embarrassed because mm-hmm. i'm feeling disrespected or something like that you know as that's going down if the motivation is like, you know, again, someone's going to ask me about yeah. this or I'm in ministry, you know, I can't be doing stuff like this or, yeah. um, you know, in 20 years, I, I don't want to have us being in fi- ha- getting in fights anymore. If these are some of the mm-hmm. motivations, again, some of them can be good. Yeah. Some of them can be decent. Some of them can just be bad. But when you are in that moment and you're saying to yourself, you know, who am I yeah. to be so prideful that I'm, I'm feeling slighted? Jesus yeah. was slighted for me. You know, think mm-hmm. about everything that he did for, for me. And as you're like hanging on that for a moment, you now have a new motivation. Like, Jesus, you died for these sins that I am considering or that I'm engaging in right now. And that, you know, this nasty thing that I'm about to say or that I just said, like, you were slaughtered for that. Wow. And so it just creates a new, you know, motivation in life. Yeah. I I like the way Paul says it because he calls it, at least in the ESV, it says spiritual worship. But in a lot of versions, it says your reasonable service. It's kind of, (laughs) it's a a, a different way of translating those Greek words. But your reasonable service, because it's like, you know, basically, when once the motivation of the mercies of God, the gospel, you know, yeah. once that m- motivation gets in there, it's like, what is there that I could ever do for the Lord that wouldn't just be super reasonable? <laughs> you know, because it's yeah. it's all. And, and it, it, in one sense, it's like it's unreasonable in this in the in the sense that it's so small in comparison for what oh, He's yeah. done for me. But there will never be a moment where what I'm doing, my body for God's glory, is unreasonable. Like, this is just too, I can't believe you would ask this of me, God. You know, you haven't gone that far for me. No, we would never be able to say that. Right. So I I love the reasonable, you know, nature of this motivation. (laughs) That is good. When you're talking about that, it just strikes me how important it is to really have that daily time with God too, to be able to reflect and to have him speak into our lives. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it's hard to get that perspective in the moment when we're like, we may want to present our bodies as living sacrifices, but in the moment when we're called to lay down ourselves, it's just hard to remember sometimes. But that daily reminder, that daily time with God, like speaking into our lives is just so helpful. So that motivation, that is huge. With that, we see the goal and the motivation, but you know, there's always those things that try to knock us off course. 
and in the article, Nate, you wrote about the obstacle that there was like a kind of main obstacle in the way for us pursuing this life of holiness and laying our lives down. What, what is that obstacle and how can we identify it in our lives? Yeah. So he, you know, he said, that's the goal, your body for God's glory. The motivation is the gospel. Uh, if only it were that easy. I was about to say, that's a good way of just boiling it down, but yeah, if not that only, easy, huh? <laughs> If only it were that easy. You know, that's yeah. it. Like, the, Jesus came, there's the gospel, now I'm motivated, <laughs> my body at all times for God's glory. But we all know that there is a battle, there's yeah, an obstacle. there's a battle. And that's why Paul said, do not be conformed to this world. Mm. And so the way that I kind of rephrased that was just to say, that the obstacle is conformity to the age. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that there's just this, there's this thing that is just constantly pulling against us. You know, the, mm. the age wants to make a disciple of me. The world wants to uh, pull me mm. in. And it's not just the world in the sense of like worldliness, I don't think is, is what Paul is referring to only. Mm. It seems to be that there is just this, pull within humanity toward self and totally you know just a a self-willed state this is what christians are battling against Mm -hmm. it's the flesh versus the spirit it's the new nature versus the body of sin and you know it's just a Mm -hmm. constant struggle that we're up against and personally i just find that um, I think people who understand that this is the struggle, yeah, I think they just have a better chance of actually winning. Hmm. Uh, because I think a lot of times people who are in Christ will just feel that their impulses, their desires, um, the way that they are viewing the world and thinking about things, that they're just inherently right. Hmm. And are sometimes not understanding Actually, that's the spirit of the age that you are giving into. Yeah. You know, I had, I don't know if I wrote about it or not, but, you know, I just was thinking about so often like the self assessment that we can sometimes make, even with things like selecting a church. Yeah. And the, you know, the desire for like, well, it's because this guy's funny. Or because, you know, it's a great facility or all the programming, you know, meets Mm -hmm. my needs, you know, different things like that. And, you know, I'm all for humor. I'm all for, you know, having a good facility, you know, things like that. But I think so often we consider like all of our thoughts are right. And the reality is that there is this age that is constantly pulling against us. And so Paul is saying, look, don't you're swimming in that. Mm. Don't be conformed to that. Uh, don't be conformed to that age, that that world that you're living in. I've always, I've always thought that um, Daniel was a great example mm-hmm. of that because yeah. you know, like living in Babylon, it's just a totally different culture yeah. and society that he's in. Yet he remained who God wanted him to be. I loved that for yeah. decades. Mm-hmm. You know, in the middle of that. I think that's kind of the idea that Paul is talking about. Mm. But, you know, it's interesting because he, he talks about it like, don't be conformed to that. You just have to understand mm. that there is 
unless you, unless you're engaged in the process of not being conformed yeah. to it, you will be. Yeah. You, you do not ever make a decision to be conformed to the world. That's just the default state. You will be. Mm-hmm. But the decision, the only way to get out of it is, you know, as the Lord's working in your life, the spirit's in you, you're now making the decision, I will not be conformed to that. Right. And you have to, there, there's a process of coming out of it. But if you just let nature take its course, you will be conformed to this world. Yeah, true. One of the lines you say in this part of the article, you say that, um, that this obstacle of being conformed to the world, it's more of like a guttural, responsive, animalistic kind of thing, but that the life that Paul describes in Romans is completely unnatural. Like that, that whole thing's unnatural. It's counterintuitive. Mm. And when you're even talking about being conformed to the world, I think what a, what an interesting way to say it because that implies that our natural state is that of being in Christ, being transformed into Christ. The unnatural is being conformed to this world. Yeah. So, man, what a cool way to just remember, like, that's who we are. Our identity is found in Christ. This world is trying to shift us around, but that's not the, that's not the thing we want. Mm-hmm. We want Jesus. So, cool. So that's the obstacle. But then, uh, like in any good kind of narrative, there's always an aid to help with the obstacle. And uh, Nate, you talk about this aid, and I'd love for you just to expound on it a little bit. But what is the aid for a Christian in going through this whole process of operating in the mission statement? Yeah, so the obstacle, again, he says, do not be conformed to this world. But then he goes on to say, there's help, Mm -hmm. but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Yeah. So there is the help that God gives of the possibility of mind renewal. Oh, praise Jesus. This is what we all want. (laughs) Oh, man, we need this so bad. You know, that our minds would be changed, Mm -hmm. that we would actually see the world, humanity, ourselves differently than we saw before. You know, God made us, God formed us, God shaped us, God breathed life into Mm -hmm. mankind. And then... Through sin, we marred that image. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking for him to renew these minds of ours. So, you know, a lot of this has to do with, you know, because the big question would be, well, how do you renew your mind? Yeah. And, you know, how, how right. can you, I'm not to be trans, uh, conformed to this world, but I'm to be transformed, great word, <laughs> by the renewal of your minds. So that's a great you know, you could write a whole thing just about how does that happen? Yeah. How, how do you go through mind renewal? Wouldn't we say, though, that a massive way that mind renewal occurs is through Scripture, through Amen. the Word of God, mm-hmm. or at least an appropriate understanding of the Word of God? Mm-hmm. Um, and as that is getting inside of your mind and heart, it begins to kind of cut off the perspectives that were previously, true. you know, incorrect. I was actually, yeah. I was, I was thinking of your, your wife, Chesley, mm-hmm. and uh, she recently, uh, in this little class that we did here, she was um, breaking down uh, James one about oh, yeah. the partiality, uh-huh. right? And you know, she just trying to learn how to be able to lead like a women's Bible study, and, right? And as she was sharing that. You know, I just was thinking about that, you know, man, you know, no partiality. And mm. man, that's the, that's the natural man. Yeah. That's the way of, that's the, that's the way of this age mm. that we would 
you know, look out at humanity and we just begin to make our, our divisions, you know, and here's, yep. here's people I don't it's like, true. here's how I feel about these people. And a lot of times those feelings are not even decisions that we've ever even made. It's just something that has kind of, um, imprinted itself upon us. And so, you know, we'll just kind of have these prejudices mm-hmm. that we didn't even intentionally create. It's right. not that we said, I'm going to conform myself to that, but we were conformed yeah. to this age. That that thing within the age that says, I'm better mm. than you, that imprinted itself upon us. But through, you know, the word of God working in a person's mind and heart, that that transformation mm. begins to come and the mind is becomes renewed and to be able to put aside those previous prejudices and to be able to you know like Paul before us yeah. to be able to walk and talk and be with anybody that's just wild but that takes mind renewal because right. you can't you just can't just do it you know you, you ha- your mind has to be restored Right. And what a great reminder, too, just the importance of Scripture in our daily lives. Yeah, I think that's so true. One thing you wrote in here is that um, as people who do follow Jesus, that this kind of transformation, if it's not going on, that's like an unacceptable way to continue living your life, to not be able to give yourself to the Lord and let Him transform you. But that being a Christian is about that transformation. It's about God getting into your heart in those ways and transforming you. Mm. So I, I love that, just the importance of that, and that God is like on the move in our lives to do it. I think it's just so cool. And he does it so often through Scripture. Um, it's amazing. All right, so that, that's the, the big four, and we end it with the result, Nate. And so as we go through this whole process, as we're thinking about the goal, the motivation, as we see the obstacle, as we receive the aid, what is the end result? What can we expect as we live life in this kind of way. Well, he concludes the sentence by saying that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm. And I, I, I think that he's saying, I think, I think that he is saying that, you know, as your mind is renewed, you're going to know what's right. You're going to know what's wrong. You're going to know what's good and acceptable and perfect. You're going to know what God's will is. Yeah. I think he's saying that, but I think he's saying more than that. I think he's saying, you know, you've made this commitment that you want your body for God's glory. Mm. You're motivated towards that because of the cross of Christ, because of the gospel. The age is battling against you, but you're not going to let yourself be conformed to it because you've given yourself to mind transformation Mm. and renewal. And as that happens, you are going to enter into not just knowing what the good and acceptable and perfect life looks like and what the will of God looks like, but you're actually going to live it. Yeah. You're going to experience it. Mm. And so the way that I described this was just, it's results in the best possible life. It's the best that there it could is. be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just the best. Yeah.